So Neha sent me the picture of you coming off of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my. You know, you know about this picture. Have you seen this picture? I've seen this picture. <laughs> I have it saved to my phone. It looks like somebody electrocuted me. But also, like, it's good. It's just fast. It doesn't do. You're, it's, it's, you're not correct, but. <laughs> Let me what tell you, you though, mean, though, there were times where I felt like I was horizontal because I was. No, you weren't. I was. I felt it. I literally felt it. I know it. <laughs> I know that I was. Welcome to Poor Unfortunate Podcasts. I'm Connor Perkins. And I'm Caroline Ametti. Welcome to all of our returning listeners. It's great having you here with us again. And to all of our new listeners, welcome. Thank you for hitting play. Please remember to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. That way, all of our episodes download right to your device. You don't miss out on anything. And then once you get to the end of the episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and a written review. It helps other people see the podcast and search results, helps, you know, give them a good idea of what you thought of the podcast so that they might hit play too. So thank you very much for doing that. And now let's just like dive right into some Disney news. Caroline, what's new? Well, first of all, on a personal front, um, I am back for my bachelorette trip in Disney World. Um, yeah. It was the most whirlwind two days of my entire existence. Yeah. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I got food poisoning. I went on Cosmic Rewind. <laughs> it was so many things happened. And that's literally because it was heartbreaking. Connor could not be with us because, as we all know, if you have listened to the podcast previously, Connor is a television star. So if you're a new listener, surprise. Um, He (laughs) is one of the stars of Chicago Med on NBC and was away filming. So my heart was broken that he wasn't there. And then literally I was getting a Ronto rap right when we got to Hollywood Studios and Connor FaceTimed me and told us that he got the whole group Genie Plus for the day. And individual lightning lanes for Cosmic Rewind. And I cried at Ronto Roasters. Um, Wouldn't be the last time that day either. Um, But Connor was literally star command the entire day. He got us on like every single ride that we could possibly get on. I cannot believe (laughs) the number of things that we got on. Um, so if you listen to our episode where we talked about Connor's Disney World trip, like I had a Connor day yes. and, you know, that's like not usually what I do. And they're insane. And honestly, <laughs> maybe I like went back to the Airbnb and vomited because I just couldn't hang like that. I mean, it I don't a know. Connor day. I ruined you. But I broke Connor, you. <laughs> you're the best friend that I could ever ask for. Thank you for making that I'm so, so amazing. I'm so glad that you had fun. Y'all, honestly, I y'all should be jealous. Having Connor... As Star Command running your Disney Genie Plus account while you're in Disney is like elite VIP level service. <laughs> like absolutely incredible. 
<laughs> so oh yes, the, so the big news that comes out of it is that I he did get me on Cosmic Rewind. I mean, he got me an individual lighting lane. There was I had no excuse, so yeah. he got my ass on it. <laughs> oh, and uh, what'd you think of it? Once was plenty. There, there we go. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. What else? What what other new things do we have happening? Um, well, I'm just I was just thinking about we were talking about theater a minute ago. So, you know, Hercules is now running at Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. So, of course, like the hope is, you know, a la newsies, we go from Paper Mill Playhouse to Broadway. But Disney Theatrical just announced that there will be a production of Hercules opening in Germany, which made me sad. I'm not gonna lie, because that sounds like this is going to go the route of the hunchback of Notre Dame. And detour from not hit Broadway and go to Germany. And I'm very happy for everyone in Germany, but it's starting to sound like we're not going to be getting it on Broadway anytime soon, which I'm sad about. I'm sad about that. Or maybe they're going to go to Germany, figure out some new things and then come back to Broadway. Please. Uh, it, it could happen. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what ends up happening. Yes. Yes. So some other Disney news that we have, uh the Reedy Creek dissolution has oh, been signed God. into law by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, effectively eliminating Disney's private tax district and now the state is going to be taking on the responsibility of managing that area, the roads, all of oh, that God. stuff. It's probably going to be a long-term disaster. It's really like a shoot-themselves-in-the-foot kind of situation. It's going to raise, like, property values and taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's all a result of the governor trying to, quote, get Disney back for coming out against the Don't Say Gay bill. He's appointed conservative people to the board of, of what's in charge of the Reedy Creek Tax District, but... These people are not going to be responsible in any way for any Disney content. It's all just for show. Mm-hmm. It's all positioning. Reedy Creek is just there to like manage roads and approve building uh like mm-hmm. permits and things. It's it's a lot less glamorous than what he thinks it and this is not the gotcha that he thinks. I was it just is. gonna say that he's like, Yeah, I got him. I did it. Like And did Disney's it. like fine, we won't pay for those roads anymore. You can pay them. and the Yeah, and y'all can will. take care of the mosquitoes and all the other things. Yeah, mm-hmm. good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Also down in Florida, the cast members are embattled in a fight for a wage increase, and Disney, unfortunately, is not budging. My heart goes out to all those cast members. It's Keep fighting. You're worth every penny and more. They still have not hired back all of the cast members who Mm -hmm. have been laid off since COVID. Universal committed to a wage increase for their employees from $15 an hour to $17 an hour. That will be effective as of June 4th. So there is pressure on Disney, but Disney has really just held their ground and is not budging. That's so embarrassing. Because also... In a quarterly earnings call, Bob Iger announced that Disney is laying off 7,000 workers, cutting $5.5 billion in costs, including $3 billion in content savings. So the (sighs) whole restructuring of Disney is happening right now. It's kind of like the worst time to also be seeking a wage increase because they're just cutting everything. But it's also like, you know, there is a argument to be made that's the best time to be advocating for it because it's like the company's weak but um Mm. speaking of the company reorganization it's going to be reorganized into three groups disney entertainment espn and parks and experiences 
And then in that same quarterly call, Bob Iger also <laughs> teased Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, and Zootopia 2 in a commitment to Disney's oh highest God. grossing and performing franchises. Because Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, Frozen, and Zootopia are all among some of the highest grossing films worldwide ever because we've been paying attention to that recently because now avatar the way mm. of water has passed titanic for the number three spot mm-hmm. and just keeps climbing so uh mm. yeah wow crazy stuff happening there in the world of disney plus there's a lot going on but i'll just do a couple highlights today when we're recording this it's march 1st the mandalorian is back today for season three. Yeah. We also got the trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy, which is going to premiere on Disney Plus on April 28th. And some other Disney Plus news, The Santa Clauses has been renewed for a second season. So if you were a fan of that around Christmas time, we'll be getting another one. Some shuffling of Disney theatrical release premieres. Those have happened But one of the most notable ones is that Mm -hmm. the Haunted Mansion has been moved up to July 28th and a teaser poster dropped today with the teaser trailer dropping tomorrow. So by the time you all listen to this, it'll be out. We'll have seen it. The poster looks pretty cool. (gasps) I like the whole riff on the portrait chamber stretching room sort of situation. It feels tonally from the from the image. Correct. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis as Madame Leota feels correct. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I know that this sounds wild, but part the only thing that like concerns me is like I feel like it's happened so quickly. And I feel like this is a movie that would kind of with all the effects that we need would take and, and also just like so many options for the story would take a little bit more time. It's happened quickly and also not quickly. That's the thing because it's been mm-hmm. teased for a long period of time, but it's gone through a lot yeah. of different reiterations because Guillermo del Toro was yeah. attached to it and now I, isn't. I have never forgotten that because I remember I was so excited for what that version would have been. We also got, oh, this is the news that I've been hoping for. We got some Elemental news. So Elemental is the new Pixar film that's coming out this June. They announced who the composer is going to be, and it is going to be none other than Thomas Newman. It'll be the first Pixar film he's done in a very, very long time. (gasps) Wow. Thomas Newman gave us the score of WALL-E, gave us the score of Finding Nemo Mm. and Finding Dory. I love Thomas Newman. I wrote a paper. Oh, we were just talking about Thomas him and, and Wally last episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, Thomas Newman's one of the best composers uh, that we have right now. I, I adore him, and I am so excited for Elemental now that he's a part of it as well. And Parks News: The Magic Happens Parade is back in Disneyland, which a lot of people are excited mm-hmm. for because it was a brand new parade, and then. The pandemic happened yeah. and shut it down. But it's got some amazing yeah. floats. If you haven't seen it, like, take a look at it. Like, it's very beautiful. It's yeah. very, very beautiful. It has a sword in the stone float, which is awesome. Disneyland is also just getting a lot of um, upgrades. It. Disneyland yeah. is freaking awesome. It's becoming very bougie as well because they released some pictures of what the newly redone Disneyland Hotel is going to look like. And obviously they're... Par- the Paradise Pier Hotel is becoming Pixar. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to get back to Disneyland soon because the, uh, the I've only stayed in the hotels there once. And I really want to stay again and, like, have the experience with all these upgraded 
hotel rooms. It looks very nice. Yeah, there's probably some other Disney news too, but we want to get ahead and go into the episode. And yeah, we acknowledge that there's been a lot. But today we have our tips and tricks episode. And we are returning to a tips and tricks episode that we have not done since season mm-hmm. one, episode, what was it, seven? I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think it was seven. It was the second cycle. So if yeah. you've if you've been around since season one or have gone back to listen to season one, you'll recognize this. But we are now doing the return of Disney movie marathons. So mm. this was our episode, Heck Yes, Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, um, wow. Those are the early days. I remember the graphic yeah, for that model. Yeah. Graphic for those episodes. Ooh. Oh, goodness. Thanks for bearing with us. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Caroline and I, we have each created uh, a Disney movie marathon for you. And then we've created a third one together. And Mm -hmm. we've got some pretty cool marathons for you this round. It ended up that they all sort of shared this kind of theme of being kind of mystical and yeah uh, yeah Yeah, we're clearly in some kind of mental place right now (laughs) we are it's pisces season so yeah right so like let's let's get into it all of these films (laughs) that we're going to be talking about or all of the things that are going to be part of these marathons are available to you on disney plus so Mm -hmm. get your logins ready or do a free trial or ask your friend for their login because these are going to be some great marathons for you. So let's get started. I'm going to do mine first. So speaking of Pisces season, I have created for you a Disney movie marathon all centered around astrology and the Zodiac and horoscopes. So I've created this marathon using only Disney Pixar films. So I'm going to walk you That's through very exciting. Mm. an entire year of the Zodiac and the different Pixar films that I think are going to be representative of each of those. So Yay. let's get started. So we begin the astrological year with Aries, the ram. And this is from March 21st to April 19th. You fall under the Aries. Mm-hmm. I've pulled these uh, descriptions of each of these signs from both CoStar Astrology, which is a super fun app, and Horoscopes.com. So this is the description of Aries. At their core, Aries do things their own way. They are unafraid of conflict, highly competitive and honest. They throw themselves at the world eagerly and without fear. Aries are driven by a desire to prove themselves and their strength. They have high energy and are competitive and ambitious. They naturally take charge because they are good at initiating new projects. They can also be impatient, but are naturally active and don't like to waste time. While Aries like competition, they don't like to play games. They are highly self-aware, have strong opinions, and are always ready to defend them. And Mm. the personality traits distilled are eager, dynamic, quick, and competitive. So the movie that I've selected for this, Pixar Wise, is Toy Story because nothing says Mm. competition like the competition between Woody and Buzz. It's Mm. very driven. The movie has a lot of high energy because what could be more high energy than the life of a toy? Mm. So we're going to kick off Aries season with Toy Story. That's a great match. I really love that. 
Our second astrological sign is Taurus, the bull. And this is from April 20th to May 20th. And this is the description for Taurus. Tauruses are the human equivalent of moss, a handmade wooden chair. They are normally satisfied with the way things are. They embody stability, sitting in a patch of grass admiring the breeze. When everything else seems to be falling apart, Tauruses are a rock of dependability in an oasis of calm. Practical knowledge and experience is their modus operandi. Tauruses have a regal quality about them. They are graceful and diligent laborers. They can be stubborn, bullheaded, and set in their ways, but they are also great listeners and very dependable. And their personality traits are strong, dependable, sensual, and creative. And so for Mm. this, I selected A Bug's Life. Thinking about being stubborn, being loyal, being hard workers, diligent laborers, it makes me think a lot of the ant colony and even the regal aspect, bringing in Princess Ada and the Queen and that whole dynamic. Definitely. But then also the whole strong, dependable, sensual and creative. The sensual and creative part makes me think of Flick because he is that sort of creative among the laborers. Mm. So I thought... A Bug's Life would be a really, really great fit for Taurus. Yeah. And the little romance between him and Princess Ada, it's sensual. It's, it's sensual. Yes, it is. It is sensual. I was going sensual as in like appealing to those senses, but uh, oh. <laughs> if we're talking sex. Not me. <laughs> S-E-G-G-S. Um, great. So moving on to our next sign in the astrological year. Gemini, my sign. Yes. Oh, what did you give yourself? The twins. This is from May 21st to June 20th. Geminis are very intelligent and pick up knowledge quickly. They are perceptive, analytical, and often very funny. They have an unreserved, childlike curiosity, always asking new questions. Geminis have an uncanny ability to size up a person's character in a matter of seconds, even if they only just met them. If someone's bluffing, they'll be the first to notice. They are great communicators because they tend to be very responsive and sensitive listeners. Mm. Geminis are versatile, comfortable being both introverts and extroverts. They are quick to adapt to the energy of a room. They can be the life of the party or a complete wallflower. Geminis know how to bring dissimilar people together and make them get along. And the descriptors for this one are versatile, expressive, curious, and kind. Oh, that is you. And so for this sign, I chose Luca. (gasps) Because, again, thinking about the more, like, base terms of Gemini, you've got the duality of Luca being both a mythical sea monster and like a human boy. But also thinking about the introverted and extroverted side of a Gemini, you get that in Luca and Alberto, being able to size up people and, uh, you know, figure out what they are. Their relationship feels very Gemini at, at its root. Mm. And then also thinking about like the curiosity and the expression that happens with Luca, where he wants to find out about like the human world. And he builds this friendship with Alberto. It, it just felt very right. And so while I know Luca may not be everybody's favorite film, I enjoyed it. And as a Gemini, (laughs) I give my seal of approval as Luca (laughs) for us. Our next sign, we have Cancer, the crab, and this is from June 21st to July 22nd. 
The self-awareness of a cancer is like the tides, constantly moving in and out of focus. Their personalities are layered. Cancers have many moods, some of which are contradictory, but they also have a deep core self that persists. Cancers are weighed down by their own sorrows and the sorrows of those around them. They are frequently haunted by grief. It's hard for them to share their pain with others, and they are often afraid to be vulnerable because they carry a fear that people will use their weaknesses against them. Cancers have learned to hide their pain to avoid burdening anyone else. They pretend they're okay when they're not. Their emotions are like an exposed nerve. Cancers can feel everything. And the uh, descriptors for this one are intuitive, sentimental, compassionate, and protective. And this, to me, is absolutely up. Oh. The dealing of grief and the the ties to deep emotion remind me so much of Carl. But also the unwillingness to, to show emotion because of being protective of themselves and not wanting to burden anyone else also reminds me of Russell and the sadness that is around Russell's life. Mm. So, you know, nothing feels more sentimental to me than up. Nothing feels more compassionate to me than up. It just is such a good movie. It is deeply emotional and, the beautiful intuitiveness and emotionality of a cancer, I think, is married so beautifully with Up. Mm. Oh. Next up, we have Leo, and this is The Lion. And the dates for Leo are July 23rd to August 22nd. Leos are bold, warm, and loving. They are also the ultimate performers. They can dazzle with the theatrical flair of a Broadway star and the charisma of a politician. They are captivating personalities. No matter how quickly they've just been introduced to a topic, they can speak eloquently about almost anything because they have such a way with words. Leos inject ambition into everything they do. They are ruled by the heart. Their actions are natural and effortless because they are brash and confident and trust their instincts. Leos have an unrelenting appetite for growth that is easily satiated by the praise of others. When they are hurting, it shows. They will use their anger as a protective wall to shield their vulnerabilities. They want to be perceived as unbreakable because they are scared of admitting vulnerability, needing things from other people, or being incomplete. And the descriptors here are dramatic, outgoing, fiery, and self-assured. And for me, this one came almost immediately. I was like, this is turning red 100%. Yeah. It is so much the dynamic of being that teenager obsessed with like a pop film, having the the red panda come out of you, but not just being like a red panda, but being a giant red panda and being that outgoing (laughs) self. It also reminds me a lot of, in terms of the the anger and and the protectiveness of the dynamic between, I forget Sandra Oh's character's name, the the mother and Mm -hmm. how she uses her anger as that wall of protection for everyone yeah. around her and for for herself because she doesn't want to be seen as weak. So there's a lot of turning red in Leo's. Also, I mean, it's, it's red. It's fiery. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Also, that movie is just bomb. I and know. I love that movie so much. And it was probably one of the most unexpected delights of 2022. Oh, love me some four town also. Our next sign is Virgo, the maiden slash the virgin. And this is August 23rd to September 22nd. 
Virgos are known for being perfectionists. They are known for their attention to detail, which helps them find patterns where there are none. At times, Virgos can be finicky and critical to a fault. Everything has its place with Virgos. Virgos prefer to exist in organized spaces, but put helping others over their own comfort. A Virgo can become so busy fixing the lives of those around them that they don't put much work into providing for their own needs. Virgos are rarely motivated by their own self-interest. Virgos are also known for being intelligent, but because of their introverted nature, they can sometimes have trouble expressing themselves. Their emphasis on thoughts and ideas can seem like a cover-up for their lack of emotional depth. In reality, they are a fortress unto themselves, the definition of self-containment. Virgos will be endlessly accepting of whatever you have to share, but may not see the value in spontaneously performing a similar excavation of themselves for anyone else. The characteristics for this one are practical, loyal, gentle, and analytical. Hmm. And this, to me, is Finding Nemo. I see a lot of Marlin as a Virgo in terms of the self-containment, the sort of self-imposed isolation, and also the high intelligence that can sometimes be difficult to express himself. Like, I think of him trying to tell the mollusk and the sea cucumber joke, and that feels very Virgo. Oh, but then I also think of of Marlin in terms of the part of themselves is like they will help other people to a fault, like uh, above their own needs, because mm-hmm. even as Marlin is searching for Nemo, when he runs into Dory, he does sort of like divert from his path for a second to make sure that like she's okay and she becomes part of it. And he has this responsibility for Dory as well in all of this. So it's it's very interesting when you think of it that way in terms of yeah. how how Marlin is protective of Dory while he's trying to find Nemo. But Aww. finding Nemo feels very Virgo, very practical, very loyal, very gentle, very analytical. Hmm. So next up we have Libra, the scales. And this is September 23rd to October 22nd. Libras are difficult to really understand because they seem so contradictory. They're simultaneously extroverted and introverted, strategic and spontaneous, focused and intuitive. This variability makes it difficult to pin down their true character. They are an entire constellation of personalities. Libras are different depending on who they're around. This is because they value empathy and want to be receptive. They can be other people's mirrors. While they have strong opinions about other people, it can take a long time for them to understand themselves. Libras want to be admired not for their talents, but for their charm. They want to be seen as the responsible figure who can balance out the turbulent elements around them. Libras feel an intense amount of guilt and shame when they are unhappy because they know that their unhappiness affects everyone around them. And the traits we have here are social, fair-minded, diplomatic, and gracious. What would mm. you say is very Libra of the Pixar realm? I the, the contradictory part kind of makes me think of Inside Out. It is Inside Out. It is absolutely <gasps> oh, Inside Out. Especially, like, <laughs> you think of joy. I mean, also Libras, you've got the whole wealth of emotion. So it would be, yeah. it's representative of all of the characters yeah. in Inside Out. But also in thinking about joy as well. This section feels very joy 
They want to be seen as the responsible figure who can balance out the turbulent elements around them. Libras feel an intense amount of guilt and shame when they are unhappy because they know that their unhappiness affects everyone around them. That feels oh, that's very so... joy. Yes. Joy is like, I'm going to make sure that everybody's happy to a fault. Whether I'm happy or I'm not happy, everybody's going to be happy. We're going to figure this out. Like yeah. that type of dedication. So yeah, inside out, Libra. You got to yeah. represent the emotions. Have a well-rounded Libra have a well-rounded movie. That is my rising. I present Libra. That's my rising also. That makes sense. Next up, we have Scorpio, the Scorpion. And this is from October 23rd to November 21st. A Scorpio's personality is a chasm of infinite complexity, or at least that's how they project themselves. (laughs) They are difficult people to get to know because they are psychological trapdoors. Scorpios socialize from behind a double-sided mirror, always scanning, reading you while you can only see your own reflection. They prefer to be the people asking the questions, subtly probing and pushing your pressure points so they can get the answer they're seeking. Scorpios are keenly aware of power, its flows, and their position within its matrix. Despite their ability to be popular, there's something very lonely about Scorpios. They have a ruthless view of the world, eat or be eaten. Their knowledge of other people's internal structures give them an edge over the competition. They know how to play people against each other. They are blunt, but not without tact. They are intentional about the information they reveal. They're not liars. They don't spread lies, but they are masters of opening windows on certain truths while concealing others behind heavy curtains. And here we have passionate, stubborn, resourceful, and brave. So the movie that I chose is Brave. I thought so. There is something very Scorpio to me about Merida. Yeah. Her view of the world, the the sort of intensity around it, this eat or be eaten feels very Merida. Mm-hmm. She kind of feels like everything is either against her. And it does lead her to have this ver- this loneliness about her where it just feels like it's her against everything. Blunt, but not without tact. I think sometimes Merida is, is without tact, but we can chalk that up to her age. But also the awareness of power, I think, is also very important to Merida. She is aware of her power, what she has, and where the world has placed her. And she does set the dominoes to sort of all fall in a way that will make her look better in in how she challenges the archery competition shows up all of the other uh tribes and yeah so i mean brave is in the descriptor so it's brave (laughs) (laughs) next up we have sagittarius the archer and this is november 22nd to december 21st Sagittarians are the ultimate empiricists. They will always choose principles over feelings and will often question who they are. They move from job to job, philosophy to philosophy, belief to belief. They are explorers of the human condition and are unafraid of change. Sagittarians feel like the world is their playground. They love to explore the unknown. At their core, they want to understand how the world works. They are reckless in their pursuit of what they want and often end up doing and experiencing things that defy conceptions of the possible. Sagittarians are explorers. They are both the fearless adventurers and the jaded critics. They understand that knowledge comes in two forms, the shallow, disposable kind that comes from external sources and the kind that comes from within. And we have here extroverted, 
optimistic, funny, and generous. And so for this, I actually chose Monsters, Inc. Oh. One of the things that really stuck out to me in the description of Sagittarius is the fearless adventurer and the jaded critic. And that feels very Mike and Sully. Mike is the jaded critic and Sully is the fearless adventurer. And also thinking of, of, you know, that they choose principles over feelings and questioning who they are. That feels very kind of central to what the plot is of them knowing at their heart of hearts that it's wrong for them to be doing what they're doing with with scaring and returning Boo to Randall and all that sort of thing, but coming up against, you know, the, the worldview. And it leads them to question, like, what is it that we're actually doing? And leads them to change where everything becomes about laughter and laughter being more powerful than scream and everything like that. So I thought the dichotomy of Mike and Sully, I think the two of them together actually really make up an Mm. ideal Sagittarius. Oh, I like that. All right. Next up we have Capricorn. Oh, Caroline sign. And this is the sea goat. Which is one of the coolest signs, I like symbols. Agree with like, you. It's, so, it's so cool. <laughs> I agree. And this is December 22nd to January 19th. Capricorns aren't consumed by the need for attention, but are not immune to it. They simply don't <laughs> indulge in attention seeking wow, behavior. Me for filth. <laughs> they don't want to be admired, but they do want to be respected. They don't care to be the center of attention. Instead, it's like they need to prove their own abilities to themselves. They plow through adversity with blinders on until they reach success. Capricorns are constantly competing with themselves. They do want praise, though. Praise is a simple acknowledgement of a job well done. Praise is a pat on the back. They use this as validation to compensate for general feelings of incompetence and inferiority. And the descriptors we have here are serious, independent, disciplined, and tenacious. Wow. And for this, I chose soul. (gasps) Oh. There is something very similar to Joe Gardner in a Capricorn or something very Capricorn about the way Joe Gardner pursues his life. He is fixated on his love of music and jazz, and he puts those blinders up for himself where that is everything to the point where it leads to his death. (laughs) And then even in the afterlife, he is so driven by finding a need for purpose, finding Mm. an answer to every single thing. And that feels like that Capricorn drive to like, I'm going to do this thing at all costs, no matter what happens, because I need to do this for myself. And... I mean, ultimately, that sort of, like, has its own faults, but is also very admirable because along the way, he's able to help 22. But also, I chose Soul because, you know, 22 is also an example of relying on themselves for their fight for independence and finding out who Mm. they are. So I felt Soul had this very Capricorn vibe to it. So and with that, yeah, yeah, I like it. In in thinking about a lot of the other Pixar films, I just couldn't find something that was as poignant as Soul was. And I think mm-hmm. Capricorns deserve poignancy. Oh. I have a lot of admiration for Capricorns. I love a Capricorn. They're good. We're a little nutty. They're some of the most like loyal, some of the most hard work. I I have a lot of respect for hard work. 
And mm-hmm. Tauruses and Capricorns, I love their mm-hmm. work ethic. I think it's really admirable. And I think that's Soul why I was wondering. Very admirable. Yeah, but I when you were reading it, I was like, it'll either be Soul or Ratatouille. Yeah, but I feel like Soul is closer. Next up, we have Aquarius, my moon sign, and this is mm. the water bearer, and it's January twentieth to February eighteenth. Aquarians are archetypal outcasts. This doesn't mean they're loners. In fact, they thrive in large groups, charming you with their peculiar senses of humor, intriguing you with fun facts. The alienation they feel is often self-imposed, a result of their knee-jerk contrarianism rather than a lack of social intelligence. They try to be weird. (laughs) Intelligence to them means the ability to formulate the most unpopular opinion possible. They are destined to live their lives in direct opposition to the current world. In fact, they are world builders. An entire universe exists in their heads, and this universe adheres to its own set of logic that doesn't map onto reality. They sometimes ask, why can't I be normal? But in reality, they find normalcy boring. They want to be unknowable. The ultimate Aquarian struggle is resolving the tension between their need for community and their need for complete detachment. Aquarians are always running little tests. They live their lives as one big science experiment, using the element of surprise to collect reactions and construct theories about the intricacies of human nature. They are martyrs to the cause of humanity. Freedom is their only demand. And the characteristics we have here are deep, imaginative, original, and uncompromising. And this is Remy from Ratatouille. Yeah. Ratatouille is so Aquarius. It's not even funny. The dichotomy of Remy wanting to be a part of his rat family, but also not wanting to be a part of them at all. His creativity and originality, his imagination – his uncompromising view of the world of like, this is what I am meant to do. He has very hard and fast opinions. It's it's so Aquarius. It's not even funny. And then our final sign of the Zodiac, of the horoscope astrological season, is Pisces, the season that we're in currently. Mm-hmm. And Pisces is the fishes. This is February 19th to March 20th, and describing a Pisces personality can be difficult because Pisces tend to evade distinction. Their behavior changes significantly based on who they're around. They are boundless, diluting themselves with larger personalities to avoid having to form coherent identities. Most of the qualities usually associated with Pisces, dreaminess, emotionality, imagination, are internal processes that are difficult to observe from the outside. Pisces are primarily inward-facing. They are not self-absorbed, but they are absorbed in themselves. Ultimately, a Pisces wants to dissolve, to rest themselves of a physical form, and to diffuse into everything they touch as love, to live their life like a romantic poem. To understand that reality and fantasy are neighbors on the same infinite plane. And the four traits we've got here are affectionate, empathetic, wise, and artistic. And this is Wally. It's so Wally. Wally is so in love with the idea of love, the dreaminess, the imagination, the emotionality. He hops aboard a spaceship going who knows where because he's in love with this robot 
that doesn't mm. even know he exists. Like it's so <laughs> it's so idealistic. It's so affectionate and empathetic. Wally is just like a good robot. Like just has the best oh. heart and he has this artistic side of him as well in his expression of dance and his ideas about love and his collections and his appreciation of the small things in life, which I think is so integral yeah. to a to a Pisces. So Wally is Pisces. And that's it. That's the that's the marathon. We've got uh we've got yeah. a great astrological marathon set up for you. So just as a quick review, you've got Aries, Toy Story, Taurus, A Bug's Life. Gemini, Luca, Cancer, Up, Leo, Turning Red, Virgo, Finding Nemo, Libra, Inside Out, Scorpio, Brave, Sagittarius, Monsters, Inc., Capricorn, Soul, Aquarius, Ratatouille, and Pisces, Wally. Oh yeah, that's very right. It's a good marathon. That's one I'm like, it oh, is. these are these are some Pixar hits. Now, of course, there are some that didn't make the cut. The Incredibles, I don't have in this, but yeah, yeah. The Incredibles, I found very, very hard to pin down because I felt mm-hmm. like I was. There are two differing personalities in. The yeah. Incredibles. Um, no, this is right. If you were to put them on the Zodiac wheel, it feels very right. Yeah. Same with Cars. Because I'm like, there's a lot of yeah. heart in Cars, but I also think Lightning McQueen is like low-key an asshole. <laughs> you wouldn't be the only one. Yo. We'll they- have to talk about that sometime. Lightning McQueen is a low-key asshole. Yeah. All righty. Let's hear your marathon. All right. So, again, as Connor said at the beginning of the episode, keeping with this sort of mystical, sort of spiritual vibe, I have created a marathon based on tarot cards. So, complete tarot card decks have 78 cards. This is not a 78-movie marathon. (laughs) So, first of all, just a, a quick disclaimer I am a complete novice when it comes to tarot cards. Like, I've had my cards read a few times. I know it's also very much what you make of it. And so that's what we're going to, that's the that's the approach we're going to take today. So the cards, if you don't know about tarot card readings, the cards that you pull in a reading reflect different things depending upon the questions you ask and the number of cards you pull. There are all sorts of pulls that you can do from a tarot deck. So There are 22 major arcana cards in a tarot deck. So I have assigned Disney movies to each of the 22 major arcana. So each of these chosen movies is is to help you work through whatever the cards that you pull from a tarot deck indicate is happening for you right now. So like I said, it depends on the kind of pull you do, but we'll get into that in a minute. The major arcana tarot cards represent the life lessons, karmic influences and big archetypal themes that are influencing your life and your soul's journey at the moment. So maybe I'll give everyone a rundown of all 22 at the end. But what I want to do is I'm going to do a virtual card poll for Connor (gasps) and a virtual card poll for me. And we will find out which movies uh, we should be watching. Hell yeah. So let me pull up my little website that does the virtual card. So we're going to do today a five-card poll. 
So for this kind of pull, card number one indicates your past. Number two indicates your present. Number three, your future. Four, what is holding you back. And five, how to move forward. Like I said, there are so many different kinds of pulls that you can do. And of course, normally these pulls are going to involve all 78 tarot cards. So we're doing it our own way today. Wait, I really love this. And I'm like really kind of moved by it. And I'm also very inspired by this already. And we haven't (gasps) even started. Wait, yeah, I'm actually so excited to see what you pull. I might do, like, a lot of movie marathons this way. Because <gasps> I'll be like, what are the movies that I need right now? What and do I need? Yeah. This yeah, really exactly. Good. I'm very excited for this. I am I do apologize. The, the, the I think the most legit way to do this is if I actually had a tarot deck in front of me. I actually don't own one. So I'm doing, I'm pulling, we're going to pull from online. But I think it's still going to be influenced by, like, what you need in this moment. So what happens is... There's a virtual deck that I have pulled up here. Connor, first Mm -hmm. of all, tell me how many times to shuffle it. Shuffle it three times. Okay. I am now clicking to enter the deck. Now, I've got it in front of me. We're going to select five cards. So I'm basically just moving my mouse around over the cards. Okay. So, Connor, tell me when to stop for your first card. Stop. Okay, for your next. Stop. Okay, next. Stop. You've got three. Now you've got two more. Stop. Okay, one more. Stop. Ooh. All right. Here we go. Okay. Oh, this is so exciting. So, card number one for Connor, as a reminder, reflects the past. Connor pulled the hermit. So let's go to the description of the hermit. So I also credit tarot.com for these put-together descriptions. Obviously, a big part of tarot is also what things, it's very much how you interpret things, but this is just to get us started. So here's the description of the hermit, and this is Connor's past. The hermit yearns to be alone. He knows that the only way to process what is happening in life is to withdraw from the noise of the world and create a quiet space of solitude. When the hermit comes up in your reading, the answers you need will come from within. Be very still and listen. So I think when someone pulls this card, they should watch Encanto. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the movie, the Mirabelle that we meet could never dream of being separated from her family and their dynamic and everything it means to be a part of the family madrigal, as she sings. But she is only really able to access her inner convictions when she's removed from the noise and the drama of her gifted but very dramatic family. When she runs away, it's only the distance that allows Abuela to find the humility to admit to her failures and share her painful past. Solitude, as it comes to this, I don't think needs to be so literal, but more a removal of the ideas of who other people think you are and how you fit into things in comparison to other people and removing yourself from that. So I'm going to give that to Encanto. I love that. Oh, Connor, this is good. Yeah. So for card number two, you got the fool. So This is my present? (laughs) Card number two is the present. (laughs) But this, Connor, this is actually wild. So here's the description of the fool. The fool is young and vulnerable. He has not yet experienced the ups and downs of life. 
leaving him unaware of the magnitude of life's challenges, as well as the potential he holds. When the fool comes up in a tarot reading, you are encouraged to take on his open, willing energy and embrace all that lies ahead of you without worry. And so for this, for the fool, I chose Zootopia. Wait, what? Yes, Connor, this is so weird. So... Try everything and Judy's journey are really, I think, all that you need to tap into your inner fool. Obviously, we took a really nice deep dive into Judy Hopps a couple of episodes ago and Connor gave us a fantastic argument for her becoming a Disney icon. So I literally can't believe you pulled Zootopia. Um, But life comes at Judy Hopps really fast and she just doesn't let it break her. So I think for someone who pulls this card, it's, you know, if you need to embrace that open and willing energy. Play, try everything, and I think the job is halfway done. Wait, this has been, like, my motto that I've been living right now as I've been going (gasps) through Chicago Med. It's been, like, be a sponge, enjoy every minute, just soak it all in, like, just learn as much as possible. This has been all of that. This is freaking me out. And, like, the hermit was, like, who I was a year ago. Like, I just think of myself, like... Pulling away from everyone and just like, oh my God, this is. Yeah, this is kind of wild. This is wild. Yeah. Okay. So this is card number three. And so this is your future. Okay. And you pulled strength. The strength card represents courage, the fortitude of your heart, and your ability to withstand anything life hands you. If this card arises in your tarot reading, you are reminded that you're strong enough to handle whatever you are facing and will come out of it with even more power than you had before. And so for strength, I chose Mulan. Yeah. I mean, again, some of these I feel like definitely speak for themselves. I recommend the animated version of Mulan. But however... The song Loyal, Brave, True from the live action. I love Mulan. that song. I've been listening yes. to that song so, a lot. Connor, I literally can. Um, the, it appropriately asks, what would a warrior do? So when you need that level of inspiration, I feel like Mulan is the perfect movie for that. Am I loyal, yeah. brave, and true? Oh, you got the run. Good job. Wow. Wow, this is crazy. This is getting a little bit weird for me. This is, okay. I'm really into this. I'm writing all of these down and I'm going to do this marathon. I'm going to like cry. Oh my God. <gasps> okay. So this is your fourth card and this is what is holding you back. And oh my God, this is insane. This, oh my God, you pulled the devil. The devil card carries themes of restraint and powerlessness. When it comes up in your tarot reading, you are likely feeling stuck. The devil has convinced you that you have no options, but this couldn't be further from the truth. You hold the keys to your own freedom, but it's up to you to open the lock. And so for the devil, I chose, as a surprise to no one, Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. When Cinderella goes to the ball in this version, her eyes are open to the fact that she deserves love more than she owes anything to a promise that she made her father that she should no longer be keeping. The fairy godmother is the antidote to the devil card when she tells Cinderella, you didn't need my help. You just thought you did. Believe in yourself, Cinderella, and trust him to love you as you really are. I have chills. (laughs) Cinderella is on, this is my favorite, pretty much, this is pretty much my favorite part of this film. The fact that 
Cinderella is on her way out to freedom before the prince has come to get mm-hmm. her. She waits for no one. She is on her way out because she realizes that the key to that is in her own hands. Ah, Wait. Uh. That's so good for the fourth <laughs> card. Yeah. Game. Yeah, right? I mean, it's kind of crazy. All right. Your fifth card. This is how to move forward. The magician. The magician card is a reminder that you are unique and have many gifts. This is crazy. Oh, Connor, this is how you move forward. (laughs) Wild. It is. These skills set you apart from the crowd and can help you begin new projects or overcome adversity. When the magician comes up in your tarot reading, it's a reminder that you already hold everything you need to move forward and accomplish what you've set out to do. And so for the magician, I chose the princess and the frog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not only, obviously, is the, does the magician and just these cards in general just, just conjure up images of Dr. Facilier, but Tiana's journey is the perfect reminder that you can overcome and accomplish anything. Like, she is super Capricorn in that way. And I feel like this card is a little bit like that. Like, you already hold everything that you need to move forward. And you're going to accomplish what you've set out to do no matter what. And I think there's no better example of that than Tiana. Holy crap. This marathon is so inspiring (laughs) to me right now. It's so you. So read it out in order to us. Encanto, Zootopia, Mulan, Brandy, Cinderella, Princess and the Frog. Woof. That's also, like, (laughs) all of your favorite. That's amazing. Oh my I'm, god. I'm gonna be doing this marathon. Wow. I'm so Folks, excited. Okay. For you. Caroline, you have to promise me, I need you to put together a link of all of this. People, you need to do this for yourselves. This is this is um, might be the coolest marathon ever. All right. Should I should I pull myself a should I pull myself a deck? Yeah, pull yourself we'll a deck. We'll do mine quickly. All right, I'm gonna shuffle. I'm gonna shuffle it twice. All right, I'm going in. All right. So card number one is my past. Interesting. And I pulled the Empress. The Empress is the most feminine card in the tarot and greatly encourages compassion, beauty, and love. She's deeply connected to Mother Nature, and her influence is powerful when you absorb the energy of the natural world around you. Interesting. Me in the past. Okay. So for the Empress... I chose Snow Moana. Oh. <laughs> that actually would have, it was close. Okay. It was close. Now that I think about it, Snow White would have been a better, because I'm looking at it through the lens of my past, but we'll go with this. It's Moana. So this card makes me think of Moana parting the waters to reach Tikka and using her compassion and connection to another woman to write the course of nature, literally. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I, ha- I would need some more time to think about how that applies to me, but it's an interesting way to kick this marathon off. I, I feel that maybe it's part of the ingenue part of yourself, like drawing the most I think feminine. you're right. I think it might have something to do with that. I think you are right. That feels right to me. Like the young girl of you. Yeah. So for the present, I pulled the sun. Oh, interesting. Okay. The sun is a powerfully uplifting card representing happiness, joy, vitality, and optimism. When the sun comes up in your tarot reading, it is is a positive sign that things are working well for you and that you're moving in the right direction. Lift your head and realize all the good situations and people that are surrounding you now and always. Okay. So that's interesting because I don't feel the most optimistic right now, but I do think I probably do need to lift my head up and recognize what's happening Mm -hmm. around me. So 
this. Well, you're it's in actually an exciting. Movie. You're in an exciting period of time right now, too. That's Thinking very about, true. Like, and I need to Disney appreciate it and everything like that. So it's funny you say that because I actually didn't choose a movie for this card. I chose from Disney Plus the Disney Park Sunrise series. Holy so, shit! Yeah. So these are the hour-long sunrises in different parts of the Disney parks, and I suggested this for this card because it's like. Put this on the TV and you don't, I don't, I think if you pull this card, you don't as much need a plot as like you need time to reflect on everything good that's happening. Like you don't need a Disney hero in this moment. You just need to sit and reflect yes, a little bit. and that's right. Yeah. Recognize that's everything. That's right for you. Recognize the story that's happening all around you. Lift your head for a second and just appreciate. And you know what? I think I do need to do that. <laughs> mm. Okay. But I also think that you are being appreciative of moments right now. I mean, because today I got my thank you card from you, which thank you for the thank you card. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. I'm trying. Yeah, that happened today. That is the present. You are being appreciative. Keep going. All right. So for the future, I got the high priestess. This is exciting me a lot. Oh, I also just love the imagery of the... Empress going through the sun and coming out on the other side as the high priestess. I love that. Shut up. The high priestess, the most intuitive connected card in the whole tarot deck. The high priestess is a card of awareness. This card urges you to listen to your inner voice and follow your instincts. Your mind knows far more than you think. When this card arises in your tarot reading, stop looking for answers in the outside world. Turn within for the guidance you seek. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so for the high priestess, I chose Pocahontas. Mm. I mean, listen with your heart. You will understand. I think Pocahontas is one of the most intuitive Disney characters ever. She constantly pauses and connects with her inner voice. I think of her stopping the canoe at the two diverging parts of the river during just around uh, the river yes. bend. And just taking a moment and thinking, which course am I going to choose? And really asking herself that question. And which uh, which feels most me. Yeah. Oh! This, feel, this is very right for you. And I also just love how natural it is right now. Moana, oh the sunrises, Pocahontas. I think it's grounding you. Oh, I like that. So for number four, what's holding me back? I pulled the moon. The moon card represents hidden thoughts, feelings, doubts, and fears. Oh, wow. Wow. When the moon arises arises in your tarot reading, you may be allowing your fears to override your faith in the future. Wow. Don't be deceived. You can't believe everything that you see, hear, or think. If you can draw your feelings to the surface and address them, you can rid yourself of worry. Wow. Wow. So for the moon, I chose the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Quasimodo is afraid to live, paralyzed by the belief fed to him by Frollo that the world would reject him. He finally learns that his faith in the beauty of the people out there is way more accurate than the hatred and fear that he's been fed. Mm. Mm. Good shit. (sighs) Don't listen to to the fears that people feed you. That's what's holding me back. Okay, this is my last one. And this is what is going to move me forward? Interesting. I pulled death. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean what you think it means. That's correct. It you means are correct. Uh, a death of something. 
probably has to. You're right. No, you're right. It says one of the, the most. The ending of something. Exactly. One of the most misunderstood tarot cards. Death is not a card about physical death. The death card speaks of cycles and is a reminder that all things must pass. Hanging on to situations from the past will hinder you from allowing new, better things to enter your life. In every ending lies a chance for a new beginning. Dang! What did I say right at the beginning of this? I said, this too shall pass. You did. Holy hell. You did. So for the death card, I chose the Lion King. Oh. Though though a death is the center of the plot of Simba's story, it's Rafiki's reminder that the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. That's important for someone who has pulled the death card. Maybe like Simba, you need to retreat before you emerge new. And that's okay, too. Oh, wow. Wow. So for my marathon, for my poll, we have Moana. We have the Disney Park Sunrise series. Pocahontas. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And The Lion King. That is a beautiful marathon. That's interesting. That (laughs) That is is interesting. Gorgeous and profound. Mm. It is pretty, it's a very profound one. Yeah, it really is. Wow. This is my favorite thing to do now. I'm going to be obsessed with doing this. Everybody Are we going to print out our own tarot deck with these? <laughs> everybody listening, you need to go to the episode description, one of our Instagram links, whatever. We're going to link all of this shit so that you can yeah. do a tarot pool for yourself and get your marathon that you need to watch right now. Because this is like the coolest thing ever. And Caroline, I am so glad that you did this. Yay! That was so much fun. All right, and our last marathon that we've crafted, still keeping in our sort of mystical kind of <laughs> element, we're we're going into the realm of conspiracy. Yes. So as many people know, there are a lot of different conspiracy theories that people have put together from the Pixar theory of how all the Pixar films are connected to all kinds of other different things. The one that we are going to highlight today is the connection between a lot of Disney films, both in the Renaissance period and now in the revival period. So, Caroline, Mm -hmm. do you want to walk us through what the story of this conspiracy theory is? Yes, absolutely. So this connects, as Connor just said, a bunch of different Disney movies. So here's what the flow is like. I'll tell you kind of what the connections are, and then together we'll just walk you through the order that you should watch the films in to kind of follow this thread. So I actually have only heard this theory pretty recently. There's a theory out there that the evil queen from Snow White is Mother Gothel. Which I love this. Yes. People connect things like the obsession with youth and beauty. They also, they, they spot some similarities like the dagger that they both use looks awfully similar. Mm. Well, she dies in hag form and the first she quote unquote dies in hag form. Right. The cliff. And the first time we meet Mother Gothel, she is in her like hag form. And they're like, you know, you never saw her really die. We didn't. And She's they're wearing both... Germanic clothes. Her Ger- in Germany. Her, yeah. her red dress is very similar in style to the purple dress underneath the robes. Indeed, it is. In terms of like that belted thing coming in the middle and yeah, very similar. I'm here for that. I'm kind of here for it too. 
So that's the first connection from Snow White to Tangled. Uh, So then, of course, Tangled happens. And at the end, you know, Rapunzel and Flynn are in love and we find out that they're going to get married. So this connects to the theory that the king and queen of Arendelle, when they are leaving to set sail to somewhere, we don't know in the movie where they're going. The theory is that they are sailing to Rapunzel's wedding. But they don't make it, obviously, as we know. And there's a shipwreck. There is a theory that the king and queen of Arendelle are also Tarzan's parents. So Mm. that's their shipwreck. Fun thing to note that Chris Buck worked on both Tarzan and Frozen as the director. So... And there were mentions from some of the Frozen team that the King and Queen of, that there was a baby with the King and Queen of Arendelle that we the just design don't see. of Tarzan's parents and King Very Agnar similar. and Queen Aduna are are similar. Very similar. I could see and the it. time period feels kind of right too. And yeah. we know that we know that Tangled is connected to Frozen because we do see Rapunzel and Flynn at the coronation right. of Elsa. So, right. so th- are they these, related? These They're cousins. They feel they feel kind of right. Right. Exactly. So now that we've connected to Tarzan, there is a little detour theory that Jane is actually Belle's granddaughter. So people make some basic connections, just like their appearance, their their you know love of wearing the color yellow, but. There's also a tea set that Jane owns that looks like Mrs. Potts. Um, So, of course, you can kind of dispel the theory by saying Mrs. Potts turned back into a human. But, you know, I'm sure that they have things like still like that in the castle. Yes, they would be when they turned into those objects, they would be modeled after things that are present in the castle. Mm -hmm. And things that belong to royalty or belong in a castle don't very easily find their way outside of the castle, outside the family who own that castle. So. Yeah. And there's also the theory that, you know, around the time it's assumed that Beauty and the Beast takes place, there's a lot of revolution happening in France in small and large ways. So as royals, Belle and Adam might have had to make a run for it out of France and settled in England. Hence, Jane being English. I don't know. So then moving on to some further connections. So years later, you know, after the events of Frozen and the shipwreck, Anna and Elsa in Frozen 2 find the shipwreck of their parents in the North Sea. Then the polar ice caps melt and society regresses to a medieval kind of dark age state. The area is now sunny and warm and we find Ariel who explores the wreck of what could be the king and queen's ship. So that same shipwreck. So that brings us to The Little Mermaid and the connection between the events of Frozen and Frozen 2 and The Little Mermaid. And then, if you're at all familiar with mythology, there is a theory that Ariel is Hercules' cousin i mean they would be they would be kind of like distant cousins because yeah Triton is is he the nephew He's, or son of poseidon how is i believe Tri- so triton is is related to poseidon who is the brother he, of zeus who's right. whose son is hercules, hercules is his son yeah right 
Right. But they would be blood relatives. Ariel would be a blood relative of, right. of Hercules. Yeah. And yeah. Hades. Yeah. And Hades, too. That's pretty damn cool. Which, if you read Poor Unfortunate Souls, they really kind of hit the gas pedal <gasps> on the mythology and the gods aspect God, of it. I loved it. that so much. So that can even further give us some justification in this conspiracy theory. Yes, so it can. This is how we would connect Frozen all the way back to the film that began the Renaissance. Yeah. And the first Disney film ever created. <laughs> I was just about to say, I walked you back to the first. Oh my God. So here's our idea of how to watch this in an order that will make it make the most sense to you. So I'll walk you through the first half or so, and then Connor will take over. So of course you start with Snow White so you can meet the evil queen. And then you move right into Tangled. So like we were describing, at the end of Snow White, the evil queen falls off the cliff as a hag. And then Tangled opens with the story of this hag-like woman looking for a flower. Interesting. So then we move into Frozen. So obviously we've gotten to the end of Tangled. Rapunzel and Flynn are going to get married as they announce at the end of, of Tangled. So start Frozen, but pause it after the at the very beginning of the movie when you see the shipwreck. Pause Frozen and go to Tangled Ever After. Watch Rapunzel and Flynn get married at the wedding that the king and queen unfortunately did not make it to. Once you have finished Tangled Ever After, you're going to watch Tarzan, especially the beginning part, because then you're going to pause mm-hmm. after the parents of Tarzan meet their unfortunate end mm. to Sabor. And then you're going to go back to Frozen, pick up where we left off of the shipwreck, now that we know what has happened to Tarzan's parents. And you're going to finish out Frozen, see Rapunzel, attend Elsa's coronation, all Mm -hmm. that good jazz. Then we're going to prepare for our detour. And we're going to meet a little gal named Belle in Beauty and the Beast. And then once we finish Beauty and the Beast, we'll go back to Tarzan, finish it so that we can meet Jane and the connection there. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we're going to go and we're going to watch Frozen 2 so that we can see the rest of the journey of Anna and Elsa and lead up to them finding their parents' shipwreck. That also, you know, all the changes that happen in Frozen 2 as it relates to nature kind of explains how the world would change in a way in which the climate becomes warmer and we move into the world that Ariel would be living in, in which she finds this shipwreck. So you get to see her Find that at the beginning of the film. Watch her whole journey so that you know who she is. Get to know a little bit more about her possibly mythical father. And then move into Hercules and meet her her uncle, uh, Zeus, and her cousin Hercules. And that finishes it off. Yeah. Get your uh, Reddit thread self on with this marathon. <laughs> this is the Reddit thread marathon. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, friends. Well, there you have it. Those are three marathons for you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please remember to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast so all of our episodes download to your device and you don't miss out on anything. And now is the time for you to hit five stars and write your written review so other people can find the podcast. We get seed and search results, all that good stuff. 
truly every single word that you say, it, it does a mm-hmm. lot for us. We haven't had a review in a while on Apple Podcasts. So uh, if you are someone who has been holding out, now is exactly the right time. And please follow us on social media. We are at Poor Unfortunate Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And we are at Unfortunate Pod on Twitter. So from our last episode where we ranked a whole bunch of Disney dates, we've been having all of you vote for your ultimate winner in our stories. We haven't crowned the winner yet. Um, So definitely go follow us to find out who you all chose as your favorite Disney date. Uh, And that's where you will also find after this episode, probably linked in our bio on our socials, the rest of my Disney tarot cards as well, if you want to do your own poll and put together your own marathon. And if you want some more Poor Unfortunate podcasts in your life, please join us in our private Facebook group, The Poor Unfortunate Fam. I don't think we've hit 100 there yet. It's been my it's been my dearest wish for so yeah. long to hit 100 people. We're so close. Um, but it's great in there. We Everyone shares their photos from their Disney trips that they've been taking. We discuss the episodes more in depth, debate which Disney dates are better, take little Disney BuzzFeed quizzes. And it's just a way for Connor and I to put some faces to names of the folks who are listening out there. And we love getting to know you better. So we would love to have you join us there as well. And as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, we are currently nominated for four of the Chesapeake Podcast Network Awards. Voting closes on March 7th, so it'll be right after this episode comes out. So if you haven't voted, or even if you have, you can vote as many times as you want. Uh, You can come back and vote, I think, like every 20, 30 minutes or so. So please vote for us. The link is in our website links on our social media accounts. Thank you so much for voting. Uh, also the poor unfortunate shop is open. So if you need some merch, go to poorunfortunatepodcast.com slash shop, grab your merch, have it shipped right to your house, all that good stuff. And then, as I always say, it does take us a little bit of money to keep the podcast up and running and coming to you. We do have a PayPal account and that's linked in our episode description, as well as those website links in our social media accounts. Anything that you have to spare goes a long way for us. It could be $5, $10, more than that. It could be a monthly donation. It could be a one-time donation. It all just goes right back into the podcast, helping us keep it free and ad-free for the most part. Special thank you and shout out to all of our monthly donors. Without you, this would not be possible. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. You mean the world to us. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Until next time. Beluga Beluga Sabruga. Sabruga.